1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
0: Believe.
1: Welcome to the number one Bengals podcast. I'm Daniel Hardouk. I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji Delektrik Ismoji and our special analyst, John Sheeran. So uh, guys, I know you can't see my face now.
0: Yeah, yeah, you look a little different today.
1: Yes, yes, well I am I'm traveling,
2: so I I don't have my
1: right. suits with me.
2: Yeah. Uh, traveling is uh, I mean in covid obviously is reckless, but so so it goes and and let's be honest, you're doing it for pure capitalist greed. I mean, come on. You're you you went to the island, you went to Village Island, you're opening mcdooth Towers in a, in a pandemic and uh yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well yeah because actually labor is a lot uh, cheaper now because there's a lot fewer job opportunities. It just seemed like a great, you know, golden kind of opportunity for me. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you do what you got to do to keep the show running. Opening a, uh,
2: opening a four-star hotel that has one fake star yeah. so they call it a five-star hotel. It's a four-star hotel and then they put a little star as decoration so you think it's a five-star. Right. hotel. That's the trick. Yeah. And, it's part of part of
1: the name is the Macduke Tower Towers a star. Hotel. And so then I put the yeah exactly I yeah. put the star there. So,
2: yeah. And one of the things that people don't know about Village Island is it's strict strict censorship laws, which prevents prohibits right. Dad you from showing his face on TV anywhere in Village Island. Right. Or, right. or interestingly enough, uh, for us to use any F words on the show, that includes fanny pack, that includes mm. uh, well that's going to be probably uh, you know deleted from the show. That includes uh, yeah gonna have to have uh, yeah. French fries, furry furries, or any der- derivation of the F word. Uh, it includes uh, frijoles and other F-words. So we've got to be very careful with words that begin with yes. F. This has to do with a misunderstanding, a misunderstanding when someone from Village Island heard about the F-word and censorship laws and became right. part of the Village Island Constitution. Right, Pollicles, and then they oh yeah be careful exactly we just lost yeah. ten dollars we have to pay ten dollars exactly
1: in five. well yeah. yeah the problem was that the man from Village Island actually after he heard about the F word he also saw an episode of Sesame Street that was about the letter F and so right. everything he learned from that episode he included in the censorship laws. So yeah, really no, we're getting way off topic here way off topic because guys
2: well, well let me ask you another question why, yeah. why have us do a show at the butt crack of dawn Daddy I mean it's You know I roll out of bed at noon. You know that.
1: Yeah, well, uh, yes, exactly. But again, the internet only works for half an hour a day here.
2: And that is the time that
1: I selected to do the show. So actually, do not have much more time. So if you could please stop derailing the show. Yes, we can continue. Yes. So look, guys, there is something really big happened yesterday. I don't know if you heard, but the Cincinnati Bengals, they won a game. The third game in Zach Taylor's career. I mean, this guy's on fire. He's winning games every year now, right? And really, here's the biggest thing. It's not like it was one of those sloppy games where, you know, they they kind of, you know, fumbled their way into victory or some weird. No, we saw vast improvements on the offensive line, which is the biggest concern. And I, I want to talk to John because this is expertise. Uh, but uh, in terms of, let's just say, oh, the, the running game and the passing game. Right? I think, John, you were saying 12 pressures is all they allowed. Joe Burrow was only hit, our precious, uh, lovable, adorable, uh, beautiful uh, Joe Burrow, our quarterback. He was only hit four times, I think. He was sacked zero times. And uh, we we're used to him getting hit about you know, about 45 times a game and uh, pressured about 150 times and sacked about eight or nine times a game. And, and, and to see that improvement so fast, we say, okay, maybe you know, they worked on pass pro, but it was also the running game. Joe Mixon, I saw John Sheeran had an article. He had, was a 0.28 added points per, per rush or something, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, so, yeah. So, so, Joe Mixon had a great game. The running, the rush blocking was excellent. John, what, what happened? I know the Jaguars. I know their defensive line. is not great. But, there John, I looked No. John, look, look, look. Let me just tell you. They, against the Titans, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's great. 25 carries, 84 yards, okay? Against the Dolphins. Gaskin. 22 carries, 66 yards. Wow. Against the Bengals, Joe Mixon, 25 carries, 151 yards. So if you say their rush defense is terrible, come on, Derrick Henry, man, the Titans, their offensive line is so much better. What happened, Joe?
0: If you saw, like, the two biggest runs in this game from Mixon and then Javon Bernard, it was bad contained by the Jags defense. That was something that allowed Mixon and Bernard to have those explosive plays. But... I think the biggest factor in this in terms of that was Drew Sample and Susan Carter at tight end were so much better at uh, sealing their gaps and, and, and clearing the way for mixed on some of those outside runs. Sample had probably his best game as a run blocker. I know he had the dropped interception, but he bounced back tremendously after that. And I think uh, as a union in general, they looked a lot more cohesive, but it was also the fact that, you know, this Jaguars defensive line has no talent at defensive tackle. They had only Josh Allen at edge rusher that can generate any type of pressure and get off the block. So it was it was an opportunity for that offensive line in total to just look a lot better and to just prove that they aren't just the piling crap heap that they were in the first three weeks. Like, they can at least do the things that they, need, that they need to do against a unit that they were more talented at, and that's exactly what they did. So they deserve credit for that.
2: Yeah, and I will I will add to that, John Sheeran, that I, I was very impressed, uh, but you're right. I mean, this was a easier uh, scenario for our offensive line to perform in. But what it showed us is this is what the team looks like when the offensive line works, when you have a run game, when you do, if the offensive line were to work every game, then you'd be much more competitive every game. And I know I'm stating the obvious here, but it's one thing when Joe Burrow gets hit What did he get hit? Uh, Three plus two times. I can't say five, obviously, F-word. He got hit and he got sacked once, you were saying, John. So that's that's a big difference from what we've seen in the previous games. But it's not just that. It was the Joe Mixon six yards per caddy that we were seeing that really, really drove the game. In my opinion And and we could see that every game If the offensive line Would get attacked together
0: Right And you're not going to be able To play the Jaguars every week But the main difference right. here Was we weren't seeing As many negative plays From the run blocking And therefore Mixon was able to get At least to the first level And make guys miss Like usually In the, in the bad games we, we would see Mixon you know Make a couple guys miss At the line of scrimmage And turn maybe like A negative two yard gain To like a three yard gain But this time He was actually The line was getting movement At the first level He was getting to those linebackers And actually making guys miss Getting yards after contact And turning just decent plays To great place that was the difference in what elevated this run game to get an average of 0.22 expected points added per rush like something that they haven't had success with since that Cleveland game last year which was the last time that they won before this game so a great all-around balance game it's not going to always happen like that but this is kind of where the stats of if Joe Mixon rushes the ball like x amount of times they're they're so and so and they're just a winning just a winning team that way but if you Mm -hmm. can run the ball as successful as they do, then there's no reason not to do it because it just makes the game that much easier.
2: Right. You know, here's the thing. They were so much on Joe Burrow's shoulders and it's all adding up in a in one interesting way for him to be breaking rookie records. He became the first rookie quarterback in NFL history to, to throw for 300 plus yards in three straight games. But it's not just that. It's that we saw a different kind of Joe Burrow this week. We saw him getting rid of the ball earlier. We saw him playing a lot more, I felt conservatively, which I think in the long run for his body is gonna pay off much better. I mean, the Joe Burrow, the excitement that we saw in the early games where he was taking those risks, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It gets my heart pounding. But at the same time, I want this man, I think it was a, uh, who was it that said, Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates just commented that he's going to be the face of the franchise. Well, he can't be the face of the franchise if the man is hurt, if he starts to develop injuries because of all the drops. I was explaining one one last point here. Sorry. I was explaining to Daddy about when I was doing judo when I lived in Japan for some years. And if you do judo, one thing you learn is you get thrown to the ground a lot. And those throws, they don't have to be hard. Sometimes. You just drop to the ground. But what happens is if you keep hitting the ground, you will develop injuries. And they're weird injuries. They're all over your body. The body can only he's he's not he's a young man, but it will add up. Yeah. So I I like the conservative play.
1: Let's be honest though. I mean Joe Burrow, yes, throwing the ball way quicker, all of that kind of stuff. But John, there the the offensive, whatever you want to say, the offensive line looked different. It looked different. I don't know, is the coaching better? was Alex Redmond is the question we had did he was it I mean what happened what, let's just talk about right guards that's
0: what John yeah. said and I
2: think it was the matchup
0: Redmond well, it, was it, it, yeah. re, no Redmond was was, pr- was decent like he didn't destroy any plays aside from I think like a bad holding call but he he was just out there and he didn't make too many mistakes. He wasn't showcasing any great technique in terms of pass protection, and he did allow a hand like a couple pressures here and there. I think he allowed one of the the hits on Joe Burrow, but it was I guess relative to what we saw from Billy Price and Fred Johnson that makes. Alex Redmond's game that much better and just that much more needed. Like what Hoji was saying, where Burrow cannot take you know however many hits a game because one of those hits may lead to just an injury that he may not be able to come back from. Like those hits are going to happen because of how he plays, because he extends plays, he creates out of structure, and sometimes you're going to get popped by an effort play by the defense lineman. If he can minimize the amount of unnecessary hits from just terrible pass protection reps from his offensive lineman, that's the key. And, and, and what we saw from Redmond was that he just did enough to avoid you know what we saw from Price and Johnson in the previous weeks.
2: I I I gotta say it's a real. You know, one John, thing let me ask you something. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say one of the real things that's a, a mystery for me is the relationship of Jim Turner and the players because there seems to be players that he likes and there seems to be players he doesn't like. And for some reason, the sweetie pies like like Fred Johnson, he seems not to like. And he made a comment this week about Fred Johnson. We've had Fred Johnson on the show. We know how sweet of a man he is, how kind of a man he is, and yet he seems to have this thing where where he you know he loves uh, the the heart. You know, he loves Bobby Hart. And 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 I, I don't get it. Like, he seems to have his preferences. There seems to be some kind of weird culture in the uh, locker room that I don't understand.
0: Oh, uh, really? I would say it's probably yeah. weird, yeah.
2: Oh, but John, I mean, in terms of right tackle, what better options do we have right now, honestly?
0: They don't have any options. The only other option that they haven't tried is Akeem Adenji, which is someone that, you know, Turner right. has praised unequivocally throughout this offseason. But right. at a certain point, like, there's just guys that just aren't ready for that yet. Exactly. Yeah. I like I mean, him. Though. Yeah, I think, I, is. I think he's got potential, right? Or or no? I mean, John.
1: Yeah, look, if we want, yeah, John. I know John's high on him. Actually, Man. I know no, he, Lapham was very high on him. Lapham first, was very high on him,
0: right? For a, for a six round pick, I think he can be decent. They were hyping him up as someone who could have went in the second and third round. And if that were the case, and then he would have probably gone to the field at this point, from what Bob Hart was doing.
1: John, uh, let me just say this: I when I watch Joe Burrow throw the football, yeah. I, I know I'm a Bengals fan and all that. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody throw the ball more accurately. Like, that interception, quote-unquote, interception, that was a perfectly placed ball. It and was. I was looking at the, the long incompletion to A.J. Green, that was a perfect, like, I, you know what happened when that, that, that incompletion to A.J. Green, the long one? I was, it, there was a sort of sadness that came into my heart where I was like, A.J. Green has been making this play for 11 years or whatever, and he never had someone throw the ball to him so perfectly, and
2: now he doesn't have that burst
1: to get there. It's just a tragedy.
2: That's so but true. Can you imagine what, you know what the tragedy is. is? You know what you're describing? It's the two strangers on the on the train who just miss each other. Because for all these years, he was with the wrong man. He was with Andy Dalton. And, and then... When the right man shows up into town, who's who's Burrow, he he can't, it, it's too late for him. It's the mm-hmm. classic, you know, I, I love story, but but in this case, a football story.
0: No, no, it's it's Shakespearean, you know? It's Shakespearean. And and I think this was the game where, like, we had three weeks of AJ kind of, like, shaking the rust off. And this was the game because they had a great matchup. Jaguars secondary does not feature a lot of prominent talent. CJ Henderson, the best cornerback, exited the game with an injury. So he had a great opportunity to show that he's still the old AJ, but he just looks like an old AJ. It just looks like it, if he's not completely done now, he's very close to being done.
2: And yeah, why and why so can't they, they just use AJ for the shorter passes, keep him up front? Well, that,
0: that's what they did in the in the very first play. They got him like a three-yard game. When they tried to get vertical with him, he just, like Daddy said, he didn't have the same burst and explosion to create separation. So at this point, when you have guys like Tyler Boyd and, and T. Higgins that are clicking, have obvious chemistry with Burrow, there's only so much you can do with AJ.
1: It's just wow. so it's strange to me. I, I guess I, I don't. It's, I don't think it's just the age, John. Because 32 now is not that old. You know, I I saw guys like Tim Brown, Jerry Rice. They long lost the burst years before, and they were still putting up a thousand yards and being effective because of their, you know, their their veteran wildness, if you will. Right? I mean, they just knew how to kind of shake defenders. So I'm just so confused. Is, well, is has, it
2: because? Is foot, it? Because, yeah. It's foot injuries too. Yeah, I mean, that's been true. Multiple. That's true.
1: You can't push yeah. off. Yeah. I guess, but I'm he just, was getting just injured AJ. in the
2: worst place to get injured.
1: That's true, but I mean, AJ was so talented physically. Yeah, you know, I just I, this I, is
2: sports, I, I, that, yo. This is sports. This is. I mean, you're talking about a domain of human interest where people get old in their thirties. That's crazy. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, sports is a very cruel mistress, and that's the, yeah. that's the reality.
0: It's what makes stories like LeBron and I guess Tom Brady, for that example, that much more exemplary. Like it, even it can if it happens to A j green at thirty two, how has it not happened to some of those rare guys like like LeBron, who's just put? just so much mileage on his body like this happens to everybody and, and if, yeah. if there wasn't those incredible examples then we would look at green saying yeah that, i guess that makes sense he's 32 he's had multiple foot injuries he hasn't played a, a down in football in a 600 day period it just might be time
1: no that's true I'm, okay i guess what i'm saying is i've seen guys lose it a step and is still find their place maybe AJ but this, can but find this, lo-
0: it. this looks like more than just a step, just it, a step. It, that's it,
1: what i'm saying is like he's yeah. just yeah i think his body is kind of worn down Maybe, maybe in a few months, maybe next year, he can. Maybe he finds a way to to find his identity, a new identity. Maybe, maybe. Right. But, but yeah, I see you know, know.
2: On the odden Tate comment as being basically him trying. There, there's competition now to take over the, the the star power of AJ Green on the team.
0: Yeah, the offense might yeah. be better if Tate takes those snaps, but I, I think they still value Green for who he was to give him more exactly. opportunity to succeed. And they're
1: trying. And, John, they're trying to use him the way they used to use him. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they expect him to be the game-breaking receiver he was. Whereas, right, right now, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's not going to, you know, run by or outrun defenders necessarily. But, you know, end zone targets, certain things. He can, find, he can find ways to contribute in big ways, you know. He, he, you know, so he, idolized,
0: that, he idolized Larry Fitzgerald so much. And I think right. that's a that's natural transition that needs to be made here.
1: Right. Yeah. But, you know, are they saving A.J. Green for the Ravens game? And I'm looking forward to the Ravens game because I don't know if we're going to have a chance to do a preview this week. But, John, I mean, is, do you see a disaster unfolding against the Ravens? Or do you see yes. with the better performance of the offensive line? Is this a ch- no. I know the Jaguars. Look, the Jaguars looked okay the first two weeks. And like I said, they kept, they kept uh, other rush, running backs in check. The other running backs were running for three yards a carry. Okay? And we we broke out against them. So do you think we have a chance against the
0: I, Ravens? I, no. I think they have a chance to score points. I don't think they have a chance to slow down that offense though, unless they borrow the chiefs defense. Like that's been the only unit that has been able to contain Lamar Jackson, the most important games in, in his career. Like, you have to score 30 points to to keep up with that offense because with three running backs that can get, you know, five or seven yards a pop, one of them being Lamar Jackson, this run defense is nowhere near ready to, to take that on. So they're going to need to score a lot of points and maybe they can do that because the Ravens pass rush is not that good and their defense is just overall underwhelming, but that offense is tough to keep up with.
2: It is, and that's yeah. the thing. And I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up offense or defense on our side because I know Daddy was on this dial-up Village Island internet, and I'm watching the clock here, and right. it's running out. And I wanted to point out the defense allowed uh, only allowed uh, 89 rushing yards against the Jags this Sunday. That's great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean uh, Zach Taylor gave gave the, the
1: were, a lot of passing yards, but they were ca- playing catch up. Let's be fair. They were. I mean, were, a lot of, were. like John pointed out in his article, a lot of them were at the end of the two halves. Right. So yeah, it's kind of you know okay. the Bengals kind of got sloppy in the first half, but the second half, you know, they were they had a big lead. So you know maybe really? maybe playing it kind of safe. Guys, we're what? running out of time.
2: No, I want to say one more thing. Uh, Zach Taylor. But, Zach Taylor was so impressed with the defense's performance, he gave the them the uh, the defense uh, the the game ball in the locker room, and he called it. The, he he said yeah. that that was the standard. And I'm wondering, does Mike Brown ask for those balls back later? How does that work? Well, you know what's funny? You know you think about Joe Burrow being the perfect quarterback for the Bengals.
1: And they gave him a game ball and he put it back with the yeah. other balls to he knows. for next week. He knows. And I saw Mike Brown. I saw Mike Brown, actually. Yeah, a even a actually that. I didn't actually seen I know in eye. he shed a twinkle in his eye and, a, and a, little, a little tear. A little tear gathered in the corner of his eye because that is what? How much is a professional football? A hundred dollars? I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. and and Mike Brown was like this This is the guy this is the man for this is my team. boy he this was so happy boy. but no really John what I was trying to say earlier about Borough's accuracy and i could close with this is that he doesn't just look like a great rookie to me with that accuracy and the plays he's making and the adjustments all the time he's playing at the MVP level I'm sorry I know the team is not winning mm-hmm. enough for him to be he's playing close to MVP level John yeah, I'm, I know your eyebrows just went really high. But no, no, no it, 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 it's, it's close.
0: It, it's close. He's he's not close. there yet, but it it, it, it is close. MP, I think he's yeah, it's close. Yeah, I think he's PFF's eighth yeah. ranked quarterback right now. And it, no, it's you're right. Like, like there are just right. a handful of plays every single week. Then you're like, there's no way Andy Dolan's making that throw. He's yeah, throwing to guys who are, not, who are not even open. But it's just so pinpoint I, accurate that he it, yeah. it just ends up being explosive it. plays. I wouldn't yeah, even compare gotta, him to Andy you gotta
2: compare show. him to Peyton Manning yeah. I think he is what he exactly. is what everybody said Peyton Manning was he is the real right. Peyton Manning right.
1: so. okay with that we gotta end the show but please yeah. don't forget to subscribe leave a 5 a star a review that's it we'll see you next time for another sweet